When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. What's going on? How are you? Good. I was I was very interested in the storm activity that happened around here yesterday. Although nothing really came of it where I am from. But we got a tornado. Was it a warning or a watch? I always get confused. One of them popped up on my phone, and I thought, yeah, this is going to be good. And? And I went right outside, where you're like the opposite of what it told me to do. It's yeah. like, seek cover and stay in. And I was like, okay, bye. Like I'm, I'm going outside, and I'm watching this. Well, it's the don't touch that philosophy. If somebody says don't touch it, you want to yeah. touch it. That's yeah. just the way it works. And I'm shocked that they didn't see that coming. You think they'd adjust the warnings appropriately. Uh, <laughs> did you end up getting anything crazy? Any hail or anything? Because no. I got almost nothing. Like a, a quarter of a millimeter of rain where I am in the GTHA. Decent amount of rain, actually, um, but no, it wasn't. The winds were like meh. They weren't even that hot, like crazy. Uh, but it, but a lot of rain, which I want. I want it to rain a little bit more through the week, specifically. If I'm going to be picky about it, I mean, please just like through the week and not on my weekends. So uh, yeah, I'm hoping for more rain. But it was a cool storm. I mean, watching the clouds roll in, I always love that when one side's clear and then those dark clouds come in. I like storms. I'm a weirdo. Uh, lots to talk about in this episode of After 9. I don't think you're a weirdo because you like storms. No? I think a lot of people like storms. Okay. I like storms. It's just that uh, they tend to be a little dangerous sometimes. Um, let's start off with this because I think we found the perfect news story. A news story that affects people and their health care and it affects their, their mental health and it just touches on so many points, but it's all positive in every way. And I didn't know this, but a hospital in Cambridge, Ontario, is now the first in the country to have a facility dog. Now, other hospitals will bring in dogs from time to time to comfort patients and stuff like that, make them feel better. Haha, pet the dog and then you won't feel so nervous about having your appendix out or whatever. Uh, now, though, this dog is going to be there for the mental health and well-being of staff, physicians, midwives and volunteers. It's a therapy dog that basically the doctors and staff can consider a pet and it just wanders around the hospital trying to make people feel better. Wow. When you work in the healthcare industry, in a hospital setting especially, shift work is is common amongst most of the staff in the building. So it's almost like a second home to you anyway. When you're there 12 hours at a time, it's a long time to be there. And so to have like a, a dog that you can be like, you know what, I, I got a break. I'm going to go cuddle the dog. That's fantastic. Yeah. I think, there's, I, I think there's nothing wrong with that either. A, a black lab named Ember, by the way. Ember. Went Cute. through all of the certifications to become a national service dog. And now they uh, the dog is going to eat well because of a private donation that covers all of the food and vet bills for the next 10 years. Oh, I love that. Everything so no, so about this story is good. It costs the taxpayers nothing. nothing. Yeah. If any part of that story made you angry, Why? One person, one person's going to be like, what if you have allergies, huh? Way to go. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm sure that <laughs> in a hospital find someone. setting, they'll 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 find a way around that. But, but. And that's the thing. And the dog, I bet you, like, there's probably rules. The, the dog probably isn't allowed on in certain areas at certain times. Um, well, it's not doing surgery or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? That'd Talk be a great. It would be a great show for kids. Talk about t- saving the taxpayer dollars. We could get dogs to do surgery for just treats. That would be great. Exactly. <laughs> it would solve a lot of problems. Uh, hey, the folks at the Farmer's Almanac Cat are out with the winter forecast for oh, Ontario. They got to come along and fuck up my summer like that. It is a weird time to put it out, but I mean, hey, they know things. Know. How do the farmers know these things? Is it just generations of knowledge passed down? Are they looking at the stars? Or are they just sticking their finger in the wind? How is it that they figure it out? Because I feel like the Farmer's Almanac is a little more reliable yeah. than certain meteorologists. There, there is a science to it, is there not? Like, I mean, it could be based on uh, soil, crop, like everything from the season previous into it. Am I completely off there? Like, I mean, I know they know a lot about what's happening currently in the environment, but I'm not sure. I assume there's a lot of science involved because I agree with you. A lot of the time, the farmer's almanac is kind of bang on, even though we don't like it all the time. But we've heard when there's supposed to be mild winters or super hot summers, it usually is the case. So dare I ask? It's very ominous. They titled their winter forecast, Shake, Shiver and Shovel. Okay. All the things. eh? We can't even have one of the like things not be present. Yeah, uh, they say the upcoming winter is going to be above-average snowfall and record-breaking cold. Now, give these guys credit at the Farmer's Almanac because they're actually going to attach dates to it. Unlike some meteorologists that'll just throw out generalities, they're saying between January 20th and the 23rd, we're going to get a significant winter storm with a lot of snow. And they're also saying in March... Right around the time we make the transition to spring, mm-hmm. that's going to be crazy storms from one extreme to the other. Snowstorms, heat waves, all sorts of shit, all in the same month. Hmm. I like that they're actually saying dates and times. That's good. Because it holds them accountable? Is that why? Secretly? Because for me, it is. Well, it's only accountable if we go back and call them on it and say, oh, you were right, or oh, you were wrong. Well, that's exactly what I tend to do. If they're saying that mid-January is going to be the shittiest time for snow and we do get a ton of snow, I'm going to be like, good for you. Good for you. And if we don't get any, I'm going to be like, well, I'll never believe you again. I hold you accountable for that. Good. Do they have? Do they still give out the physical book? Yeah. Like, oh, do they really? You can order the Farmer's like, Almanac. So, so back in the early radio days, they used to give it to us for free. Like they used to drop it off at, I don't know, like stations had a, I don't know, think we paid for it. I don't think so. Like we didn't have a subscription from what I know, but I remember getting a copy of the Farmer, Farmer's Almanac and I know I didn't pay for it. I'm not sure if my employer did at the time, but I remember there's just big like catalog. I mean, it's pretty big considering it's just supposed to be a season. Sometimes they combine like a fall, winter or whatever, but it's like a literal physical catalog. That's incredible. They still do that. Does anybody even fucking flip through that? Who's doing that? I don't know. Maybe it's something people read in the bathroom. Like the, the bathroom readers. Almanac? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So? I, I, I got a poop on deck and let me figure <laughs> no. out what the weather's going to be like in June. No, you know what it's going to be? It's going to be, let's figure out what the weather was like in June of 2002. Because that, you probably kept them for that long. You're absolutely right. Uh, where are you at with Disney World? Have you thought at all about taking your girls there? Absolutely. It seems like there's a lot of rides that are having issues at Disney. And Disney, for those who haven't been there in a while is still iconic. It is still a magical place, especially for young people. 
but it's getting kind of old. It's been there for a while, mm-hmm. just sort of rotting in the Florida humidity, and it's built on a swamp, for those who don't know. And, and the It's a Small World ride went down for over an hour the other day. That Why is it always that ride? I don't know. It's always that ride. That one or the log ride always seem to have accidents. But in this case, not only were guests trapped on the It's a Small World ride for an hour. Which hearing that song would make you want to blow your fucking brains out. It was on loop for an hour. No! Yep. It's one thing to be stuck in a dark, wet tunnel. It's another thing to have, it's a small world after all, playing nonstop while you're in there. Waiting to be rescued. That is horrible. That is horrible. There's a ride in one of the malls around here, and my kid's done it before. It's a Mickey Mouse ride, and that's the song that plays when the Mickey Mouse ride goes. And it's only like a you only you pay a dollar, and it only goes for like sixty seconds. But that's the song that goes, and it bugs me the one time. Like the one time I hear it, I get bothered by it. Nope. Nope. When you were pregnant, did you have any weird cravings? I mean, I don't, I, I didn't get it like some people. I really didn't. I, I would say there were standout things that I liked maybe more so, but it was nothing weird. I've never had a craving for like, uh, you know, dipping my pineapple in cheese whiz or anything weird like that. Nothing weird. No, there were things that I wanted more of and things I wanted less of, but I can't say I got cravings for something odd. Sorry, pineapple in cheese whiz? Oh, I'm just giving an example. Like some people eat weird shit when they're pregnant. And, and then for some reason, it's like the baby comes out and they're like, ew. Why did I do that? But in the moment, they're like, this is the best thing in the world. Why is that? I think, well, your body changes a lot when you think about it, right? You really think about what you're doing. You're creating a human inside your own body. And so it changes a lot of things. Your taste buds can change, your smell, your voice in some cases can change. Your, I don't know, like it might even be your, your hearing. It could be a lot of different things that change. So why wouldn't your cravings in one way or another, your brain change the idea of what you like. Your brain leads to your taste buds. Maybe there's something to it. I do believe it. Like, it's not like I don't believe cravings are a thing because I do have some girlfriends that would order some weird things when they were pregnant. Hmm. In this case, a woman is telling her story on Reddit. She says she's embarrassed because her husband caught her snacking. She explains that she has a pregnancy craving for dog biscuits. Mm. She says she's never had a dog, but... The biscuits seemed appealing, so she tried one and loved it. And now she sneaks a snack, a Scooby snack, any opportunity (laughs) that she can get. She says, I'll read you her quote. I've been keeping it from my husband because it's weird. I know cravings can be weird anyway, but to me, this is just beyond that. I spoke to my friends about this loosely, but none of them seem to have cravings like mine or they won't admit it. I've been secretly eating dog biscuits throughout my pregnancy. I don't know what it is about them. I don't have a dog and I've never had a dog. But yesterday, my husband caught me snacking on some biscuits. He asked if he could have one. I should have just let him have one, but I reacted a bit too over the top and wouldn't let him have one because I didn't want him to know what they actually were. Now, obviously, my reaction only made him more curious. He ended up finding out. I've been taking the packets with me and disposing of them at work or in public waste bins. I thought I had all the bases covered. But now that he discovered it, he's teasing me. If I ask him to bring me a blanket, he'll bark. (laughs) What a dick. (laughs) No shit, you kind of deserve it. (laughs) 
<laughs> she finished with, I don't know how I'll live this down, but at least I can eat them in the open now, not like some sort of a creature in the corner of the kitchen. <laughs> like a dog, for yeah. example. Uh, okay, it's the, Where do I begin? So she doesn't have a dog. Yet she just up and decided randomly, I'm going to buy some treats and try them because what? She saw a commercial for Purina and was like, I could do that. I mean, I've never had a Mexican pizza, but I saw the commercial for Taco Bell and now I kind of want one. So maybe it's the same concept. Just dog food. But dog, dog food, treats. Yes. Do- I mean, uh, the biscuits, though. It's not like she's eating, I don't know, white fish and tuna or something like that. No, it, it's like a <laughs> bison crumbles or some shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not like you scrape the bark off of a tree and wrapped up some dehydrated jerky in it or something like that. No, I mean, it's like the, the, the little dog cookies. You might use them as treats. Well, she likes them as treats. Yeah. I- Crunchy. Very little flavor, but also not necessarily bad for you. No. Okay. So, and that's, that's the thing, you know, take your prenatal vitamins, girl, take them, make sure that you get everything the baby actually needs. Yeah. And there's tears, right? I think we all know there are tears to dog treats. There's like the chewy, nasty shit that you find at like stores that you shall not enter to, to feed your dog, in my opinion. Then you're going to find like the, the bakery ones, right? That are like fresh baked dog treats. Those are basic ingredients. Those are usually made from, you know, forms of flour. Maybe it might be a rice-based flour or coconut flour or whatever. Safe stuff for dogs to eat, whatever that might entail. Some peanut butter, right? Fine, plain and simple. Yeah, any human can eat that. There's nothing wrong with that. And maybe some people would like it. Like you said, though, there's not a lot of taste to a lot of those. But then, you know, it's the other stuff. And I'm like, what is actually in it? Do I want to know what's in it? And are you eating that kind or are you eating like the the bakery? Like uh, it kind of looks like a cookie for a human. So I can't blame you. Dog treats won't make you necessarily act like a dog, but you certainly seem like a dog when you're eating the dog's treats. I think that's only to be expected. In this case, if you're just sitting there and you decided I've had a hell of a day. I'm going to crack myself open a bag of Alpo treats here and I'm going to have some, which is basically sawdust mixed with peanut butter. Uh, I think that's, I think that's weird, a little weird, but I get it. I understand your body wants what your body wants. And in this case, it wants a dog biscuit. But what other doggy stuff do you do? (laughs) (laughs) Do you really want to know? I'm sure that (laughs) this is how we ended up (laughs) in this mess. That's how we got pregnant. Uh, you know what? She doesn't need to be embarrassed. If, if that's what she wants, she's not hurting herself or the baby as no, far as I know. So she's probably doing just fine. And she's probably, like I said, once, once the baby comes out, I bet you she's going to be totally grossed out by it. It's not like she'll continue on with this trend. I bet you she'll think it's weird after the fact. But for some reason, she thinks it's fine now. I mean, yeah, it's weird. You should be embarrassed. Absolutely. And he can make fun of you. But if you enjoy it, you keep doing you. Names are in the news today, Kat. For a couple of different reasons, uh, a man, his name is Alan, says he was shocked to realize he's been spelling his own name wrong his entire life. Really? He just ordered a copy of his birth certificate, which he thought, which had been lost, and he didn't realize that uh, his name, Alan, has two L's. He's been spelling it with one L his entire life. Oh, okay. So has Imagine he be- that. Has he been doing the A-L-A-N thing? Yep. And it's really, is it A-L-L-E-N or A-L-L-A-N? I'll correct myself. It's the other way around. He's been spelling it with two L's. It's actually only spelled with one L. And he didn't realize it until 
By the way, he's 61 years old. (laughs) His entire 61 years, he's been spelling his own name wrong, and he didn't even know it until he saw his own birth certificate. Wow. What do you do in that case? Do you revise everything? Do you have to go and update your your Bell Mobility account and and, and change your insurance and your driver's license and the whole nine yards? Or do you just own the new spelling? Screw it. It's your choice at that point. I don't think it really matters on your actual, on your documents you have. Nobody else cares. The person at Bell Mobility is not going to give a shit. So don't worry about it too much. But that is funny. That is amusing. Along those lines, though, lifehacker.com has come up with 12 once normal baby names that they say pop culture has basically ruined. Hmm. And no surprise, number one is Karen. Karen. Yeah, Karen. No one's naming their baby Karen. Any, uh, How seriously. long do you think that'll last, though, is the question? Because we know that's not happening now. I'm sure there's like a few people, a handful of people in this corner of the world that are going to name their baby Karen. But when will that change and it will become okay again is the is an interesting question. We need uh, the world to be saved by someone named Karen, Karen. Yeah. and then it'll be fine again. But it needs to go through a rinse yeah. and, and wash cycle. And, and right now, Karen is just, it's not the name you want to name happening. your kid. Yeah, it's not happening right now. It's been ruined. That's number one. Chad, the male equivalent. The Chad. Similar. Alpha dude bro type is what they call it, was three. Yeah, such a Chad. You're being such a Chad. I actually know a couple people named Chad and they're not Chads, which I find a little ironic, don't you? Um, yeah, I think that a long time ago, though, Tom Green ruined Chad anyway. The Chad. Charlie's Angels. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot all about that. Uh, in the middle of Karen and Chad is Mario. It's now basically 100% associated with the video game <laughs> character. Don't name your kid it's Mario, me! they say. <laughs> I'm here to fix the plumbing. Can I just say, though, I do know Mario's and I don't really that I don't associate them with the character. I don't. But do you see anybody naming their kid Mario now knowing Mm -hmm. that Super Mario is the only Mario and will always be the best? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. Or Wario, Wario for that matter. (laughs) Katrina is number four. They say most hurricanes don't ruin human names they're given. But Katrina was not an ordinary hurricane animal. Yeah, it killed a lot of people yeah. and did billions in damage. I wonder if that's true. If you, people would avoid the name because of that, I wouldn't even have thought of that. I, no, if nor would I. By some reason, I I ended up having to be in a situation where I have to name a child, which I don't anticipate is going to happen anytime soon. And Katrina happened to come to mind. I don't think I would say, ah, there was that fucking hurricane though. I don't think we should go with Katrina. I, I don't see myself doing that. But Life Hacker here says that it's a thing. Prior to Harry Potter, were people naming their kids Hermione? Not around here. I'm wondering if maybe that was a more uh, popular choice on a different continent. (laughs) Let's put it that way. Not on ours. Hermione is ruined because of Harry Potter, they say. I don't even know if it should be considered ruined, though. The character of Hermione, it's not like it's an evil character. I thought people were naming their kids Hermione after the movie because they liked it so much. Or maybe it's just the fact that you know that that child will be teased. Much like the Mario situation. It's not like Mario is the worst, but Mario will be more likely to be teased and about the name Mario, just like Hermione would. I'm sure someone will take a stick and be like, look, Hermione, here's your magic stick. I think so far the only one I agree with is number six, Adolf. That name Um, has been ruined forever. There will not be any more Adolfs born probably in our lifetime. Maybe after a certain amount of time has gone by, that name will make a comeback. But at this point, I don't see many people naming their kid Adolf. Agree. 
Siri? Nobody named their kids Siri before... What is Siri? Siri's Apple, right? Siri's Apple. Oh, Siri's useless is what Siri is. Siri is the worst <laughs> of the assistants. Maybe that's one of the reasons why you wouldn't want to name your kid Siri. It's just that Siri is known to be pretty useless. Do you plan to have a useless kid who's very ineffective <laughs> at just about everything they do? And name every time Siri. they talk, they're going to go boop, boop. Alexa is yeah. also in there, too. Now, Alexa was and potentially is still a popular name. I mean, we know of Alexas, but it, sh- it will be annoying for an Alexa it will be absolutely annoying for an Alexa. Dick. But why? <laughs> Dick. Who's naming By the way, when Dick did now? the slang for a penis, Dick, become a thing? Because for my, I've always known it as a dick my whole life. Like people calling it a dick. But I guess back in the day, like Dick Tracy era, nobody called the penis a dick. What did they call it? Well, this They is, didn't call it a penis. They must have called it something. A schlong. Cock. No, ball. I mean, you know what there's I mean? There's, a lot of there's always things. been slangs. Don't get me wrong. But the term dick for some reason caught. But it didn't have. I would love to know the backstory <laughs> and the front story as to when it became a dick and what the origin. There's an origin of, the, of dick. There's got to be an origin of the dick. An original dick? Yeah. And like an origin story of dick. I would love to know because Richard being a, being dick was never a bad thing being called dick until a certain time. And I feel like if I had to venture a guess, guys, I guess it was like 50s, 60s that it became a thing. Fanny. Yeah, that used to be a thing. There was old ladies named Fanny back in the day. And now it's just another slang word, kind of slang word for bum. Or a fanny pack. Donald is number nine. They say the name is now associated with Donald Trump Mm -hmm. for better or worse. Oh, I'm sure the name became less popular. I have no doubt in my mind, but I don't think that nobody's naming their child Donald because of Donald Trump. I don't think Trump, when I hear Donald, I think duck like most people probably would, wouldn't they? Yeah. A lot of people also use nicknames when they're named Donald. You don't you don't have a lot of people like a Donald Trump uh, who are going around naming themselves Donald like they'll go Don. I know a Donnie Don, but not a lot of Donald's. Maybe that's why. Waldo. <laughs> I haven't. Me- I've never met a Waldo in real life. Wait a minute. That means you're still searching for Waldo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still searching for Waldo. I've never met a Waldo. I've never met a Waldo either. I've never met a Waldo because yeah, they're hard to find. Yeah, I would never do that to a child. I wouldn't do that to a child. It's kind of a self fulfilling prophecy. If you're a parent and you name your kid Waldo, hey, where's Waldo? Exactly. Yeah. You know what your life's going to be like. Constantly looking for the kid. Damien, they say, was ruined by The Omen, the movie from 1976. Never seen it. I've never seen it either, so I'm okay with that. And finally, Guy. They say there's no specific pop culture reference, at least outside of Flavortown, Guy Fieri, but it's so widely used as a stand-in or a generic name for the male species, like, just like a guy, or, hey, Guy, I don't remember your fucking name. Yeah, Ah." your E-Guy. If you grew up and went to Monsignor Doyle, <laughs> it was the guy. Guy was always a weird one. It was popular, though, as a name before people started saying guy. And that's another one I would love to know the origin of. Dick and guy. I would like to know when these came to be what you just called them as we know them now. If you can help us out, slide into Kat's DMs at Cat on Air. I have one that I know for sure. And I'll give an example because you mentioned, you know, one of the characters of a very popular video game, Mario. Uh, I know someone named Elsa. Really? Yeah. And it's one of those things because it's not a totally common name, 
So when you tell someone your name's Elsa, they're automatically going to crack jokes and you're like, great, thanks a lot. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, yesterday, Premier Doug came out and did a little news conference, Cat. We haven't seen mm-hmm. him. It, it, it's like a... Uh, disappearing Doug kind of thing. Where's Waldo? (laughs) Waldo Ford, Premier of Ontario, came out yesterday and he went all the way to Stratford, Ontario to make an announcement. And I don't even really know what the announcement was. It was something about training for auto workers and and things like that. But he did talk about the hospitals and this is something that came up on the podcast yesterday. If you missed that, go back and listen. Uh, Here's a little bit of Doug Ford, Premier of Ontario, yesterday, preemptively talking about the situation in the hospitals. I want to address the situation in Ontario hospitals and the health system. I want to be clear, Ontarians continue to have access to the care they need when they need it. In fact, nine out of 10 high urgency patients are finishing their emergency visit within targeted times. And surgeries are happening at nearly 90% of the pre-pandemic rates. That's welcome news. But it doesn't change the fact that our hospitals and emergency departments are feeling increased pressures right now. That's why our government has added 3,100 new hospital beds, added over 10,500 more healthcare workers, including nurses, personal support workers. It's why we're working with the College of Nurses to add more internationally educated nurses into the system having already added 760. And it's why our government is working with our frontline partners, including Ontario Health, the hospitals, regulatory colleges, health sector unions, and associations to address the pressure our system is facing. I also want to be clear, this isn't a problem that is unique to Ontario. When I was out in BC with Victoria, every province, every premier, all 13 of us, You know, we saw the problem right now is feeling the same pressures as Ontario is. And it's why the premiers from coast to coast to coast, regardless of their partisan stripe, continues to urge the federal government to come to the table and talk about increasing health care funding. It's not sustainable that the federal government is giving us 22 percent. We're paying 78 percent. And that's across the, the country, unacceptable. We're going to continue asking the federal government to step up and do their fair share. There's never been a more important time to do so. I want to thank you and may God bless the people of Ontario. Thank you. So it doesn't really add up, though. Yesterday, we talked about how this situation seems a little unlikely. I mean, we made it all the way through COVID, and now the the hospital CEOs would have us believe that the hospitals are being overrun, not with COVID. They're being overrun because there's so many staff that have left the profession or are thinking of leaving the profession or are just unhappy about their pay or whatever. Uh, Some of them isolating as well, and I'm sure some of them are taking vacations. You're entitled to a vacation. You get at least two weeks a year just about everywhere. So 
Is there really a problem in the hospitals? Because what Doug is saying here is that 90% of everything is getting done on time. Mm -hmm. Is this all about 10% of the cases? Or are they spinning it here? Because I really can't figure out what's going on and it's confusing. I is just a a regular taxpayer. Don't know what to believe. Doug says 90% is carrying on. I'm hearing from the hospitals that it looks like uh, an apocalypse. I don't know what to believe. Yeah, well, and I mean, some hospitals, right? But not all hospitals. So are we just really honing in on those certain hospitals that say, hey, we have a problem? And if so, then that should be an easy fix. Then help those people at those particular hospitals. I don't know if this is across the entire province thing. Let's listen to just a little more of Doug. He took some questions from reporters. Hi, Premier. It's Richard with City News. Richard. How you doing? Good to see you again. Good to see you. I mean, more than 20 ERs and ICUs were forced to flat out close over the weekend. As we speak, three ICUs at Toronto General are at capacity. Your health minister yesterday had no new plan for this. Do you have a plan to fix the crisis in health care? What's new that you're going to do today, Premier? Well, Richard, thanks for the, the question. I'll, I'll just run through the plan. First of all, over the last couple of years, and this just didn't happen yesterday, it didn't happen a week before, and it's not unique to Ontario. It's happening across the entire country. It's, a matter of fact, happening across the world right now. We've hired over 10,500 new healthcare workers. We've added 3,100 beds. Every single jurisdiction in Ontario is either getting a renovated or a brand new hospital, 50 of them right across the province. We're spending over $40 billion. We're adding a new medical school until we can graduate more more docs out of the medical school. We're paying for the tuition for nurses to come on board and we're we're trying to give them an incentive. We gave the nurses across the province a well-deserved $5,000 retention bonus. I call it a thank you bonus, which by the way is equal to 7.6% on the average uh, increase. And we're gonna continue coming up with ideas and working with the College of Nurses to get the internationally uh, trained nurses through the College uh, of Nurses in a, a much faster, rapid uh, process. And I know the, the Minister of Health is putting a directive to the College of Nurses asking them to speed up the process. We're in need uh, of uh, more nurses, as many as we can get. See, it sounds like he's doing something. It sounds like he's worried and it's it's on his mind. But none of those solutions are going to solve the problem in the short term. In the long term, I have to think we're going to have a doctor for every person if they're going to graduate that many people out of Ontario medical schools. But right now, none of that solves the problem. So I'm wondering, are is everybody right? Yes, the government's doing something. Yes, the hospitals are overrun. And yes, there's a staffing shortage, but nothing can be done about it right now. Is Is that it? The international nurses thing. I mean, we've been talking about that for a long time. When the idea was first implemented, I suppose I could put it. it, Is it seriously taking this long still? I guess. And why? And uh, are they retesting? Is that what it is? You have to retest to our standards here? Like, I don't understand how we have potentially fully qualified people that could probably do a fabulous job. And we're just like sidelining them for what reason? I'm confused by that. Would you be okay with lowering the standard, lowering the threshold? If right now you got to go to nursing school for, let's just say, two years. What if they condensed it down to a year? And in a year, with free tuition, they're going to graduate 5,000 more people into the nursing field. So they're not as well trained as the current nurses, but they got the basics. Would that be acceptable? Or are we going to stand firm We have the gold standard for medical training in this country and nobody, 
will be able to work until they've met all the expectations. I'm not the person to, I mean, I'm not the person to ask. However, what I will say is when it comes to training, I know that like a lot of industries, it's not necessarily what you're doing in class, you know, in schools that will matter. This is one of those industries where as soon as you get put on the field and you're training in the moment, that's where you learn a shit ton. And if you have people around you who have done it for a long time, team up experience people with people who are maybe learning as they go. And I, there's nothing wrong with that. I always encourage that, especially people in the medical field. I think that it's the best way to learn for any industry. So if we can maybe find a way to do that, where it's like, okay, so technically you're not allowed to be employed by us. So you still have a couple things to do. No, bring them in. They know enough, but have them teamed up with professionals. And I know that that's not in their job category. Maybe we pay those people who are training the others a little higher. I don't know how it would work, but if it is time is the issue, which is what is happening. The issue is let's get them in ASAP. Then I'd be fully okay with that. As long as there's supervision. Hmm. Is that fair? You know, it kind of seems like we're getting to a desperate point where at some point they're just going to have to come out and say, anybody who's ever taken like a St. John's ambulance course, congratulations, you're a nurse. Get to the hospital <laughs> I now. don't think we're in that dire of a need. Jeez, I took one of those courses. I can't remember anything. So no, but I, I'm always for, you know, anytime I've been in a doctor's office where they're like, hey, we have someone training. It's a yes for me. Uh, every time. Yes. Let them come in. Let them see what's going on. Yes. What, no matter what it is, at a hospital setting or anywhere, because I think that that's the most important stuff. So I don't know. Again, I, I'm the last person to probably to, to be asked that because they should answer that question. But I'm sure there are ways to get it done quicker. And people who work in hospitals, hey, why don't we think about asking them? What do you think is the best solution? Would you be okay with this? Because they're going to be the ones that know. Can I offer a solution? Sure. Doug. Maybe you're back listening now. I don't know, but I hope you are. Here, here's a suggestion for you. And you could do this with a stroke of a pen. Delist. Take it right out of the OHIP service. Telephone consultations with a family doctor. Mm. No more. Fuck it. We tried it during the pandemic. And now there's too many doctors that are exploiting that situation, making just as much money sitting at home on the phone than they did actually going into work. And it's not working for anybody. It's clogging up our ERs. It's clogging up our our waiting rooms. It's not working for anybody. Great idea in theory, but it's not working now because human nature is kicked in and people are taking advantage of it. You got to stop paying doctors to do these telephone visits, make them go back to the office, make them see their patients, make them practice medicine like they were trained to do. No more screwing around with phone visits that people can't get through and Zoom calls that don't work and so people just end up going to the hospital anyway. It's too much of a strain. Get the doctors seeing patients again. And if you're a doctor who's not seeing patients, frankly, get the fuck out. Go work somewhere else. Go work in another province. Go work in another country. I don't give a shit where you go. But if you are a doctor and we're in a healthcare crisis right now and you still want to sit up at the cottage on the phone talking to patients rather than actually seeing them, just going through the motions really so you can bill, that's bullshit. And you should really ask yourself why you became a doctor in the first place because this is not what people had in mind. Oh, and, and by the way, when it comes to the funding too, we really got to make this work here. Uh, all 13 premiers are in agreement. There's liberal premiers. There's conservative premiers. There's new Democrat premiers. They all agree. Justin Trudeau is completely ignoring them. They've been asking for more reliable, sustained funding that we can put into things like uh, 
immediate direct health care and then also into developing the next crop of healthcare workers. Justin, you got to pay the money. I know you want to screw around with other projects or maybe you've already overspent to the point where you don't know where you'll get the money from. Something's got to get canceled. Hey, listen, in my household, I'd really like to have this or that. But if I want this or that, I got to save up for it or I've got to cut some other expenses. Justin, you're going to have to do it. I don't care if it's your dental care plan, your child care plan, whatever it is that you think you can. I know you want to spend with impunity, but you're going to have to invest more than 22%. Come on, get here, get the money in the table and get this system working again because this is not sustainable. By the way, this is the August rush. This is the July-August rush. Everybody seems to think there's going to be an eighth wave in the fall. And if there's an eighth wave in the fall, combined with regular flu, combined with all the other shit that comes around when it changes season and the weather starts getting colder, then we're going to be in a really bad situation then. So something's got to give here. You guys got to fix this problem because people need to know that if they're sick or if they're hurt, they can go and get professional medical care. At this point, if my family doctor would actually see me, I would pay him. Why do you change doctors? Why don't you switch doctors? There are a lot of people that there are. I know some people might not realize it, but there are doctors that are seeking new patients. It depends where you are. I know in some areas it's not the same, but I'm willing to travel. Like my doctor is not really near where I live, but I've got a fantastic doctor. And when I switched, it made the biggest difference. The biggest difference. By the way, what happened yesterday in Ottawa? Because they're really blowing this off as, oh, it's just a strange coincidence. And maybe it was. But yesterday in Ottawa, the day started off with a vehicle crashing into the front gates of Parliament Hill. Was it a bus? Uh, or was that the other situation? Mm, there was two of them. One yeah. of them was a bus. The bus, Definitely a bus on 24 Sussex. Right. Actually, that was one of those amphibious ones like you can tour around Toronto Island in. Oh, was that just a whoopsie? I don't... I mean, they're kind of leaning that way and maybe it was and I don't want to go all conspiracy theory here, but it's kind of weird. First off... A vehicle rammed into the gates on Parliament Hill. They say it was security infrastructure that prevented it from getting on to Parliament Hill's grounds. And a nearby police officer took the driver into custody. Charges are pending. Then just a a few hours later, another vehicle, a bus this time, crashed into the gates of the prime minister's official residence just down the street at 24 Sussex Drive. It's right around the corner from Parliament mm-hmm. Hill. Oh, they're, I mean, they're investigating all of the possibilities. No injuries were reported there, and they point out that currently 24 Sussex is unoccupied. It's been under renovation since the day Justin Trudeau took office. Yeah. It's the Prime Minister's house, but he's never actually lived there because he wanted it completely renovated. What, what's the, what's the renovated? Like every single room has to be renovated, and it, it's not like normal people stuff, I guess, right? When you're renovating your house where you just like make do in a room while the other room's being done? Uh, there's a lot of old buildings in Ottawa. Sure. This one is definitely old, and I've no doubt maybe it needed an HVAC upgrade or maybe yeah. it needed the, the wallpaper taken down or something. But this many years? It's uh, what kind of renovation is taking that long? Six years. They've been renovating one house it, with you, an unlimited government budget. You could build an entire new one, which I know God forbid you won't do because you don't want to touch that piece of history. But like, fuck, knock it down and build a new one at that point. Well, Six years? That's crazy. It's totally crazy. So the prime minister currently lives in, on the grounds of Rideau Hall, where the governor general lives. It's just he lives in Rideau Cottage. Now, I don't blame him for not wanting to go to 24 Sussex because he's got that awesome new prime ministerial retreat the Canadian version of Camp David on some beautiful lake in Quebec. So, yeah, I don't blame the guy. He's certainly living a nice life. 
But he's not even here right now. He and his family, as many people know, are vacationing in Costa Rica. So I don't think there's anything sinister here. I want to believe there's nothing sinister here. But it is very weird that two vehicles, one crashed into Parliament Hill and one crashed into the prime minister's house. I know. All in the same day. If there's a connection, they'll find it. I mean, that's what they're investigating right now. And they're going to question the shit out of both of those drivers, without a doubt. Nintendo's growing in popularity again. They say now that the chip shortage is easing, their profits rose 28% year over year on healthy demand for games and consoles. They say they'll sell 21 million Switch machines in the fiscal year that ends in March. Switch is big. 21 million of them. I'm going to get a Switch. What is it about? Is it just because it's portable and handy? Yeah, it's like the Game Boy of, of 2022. It's great. Well, the DS was that too. And there's, yeah. there's been a couple of them. Sure. Sony had a, was a PSP, right? The PlayStation Portable. The Switch would be kind of like that, wouldn't it be? Yeah, but you get to have all the classic Nintendo games. And by the way, those are timeless. Those are timeless. My like nieces and nephews and everybody, they love playing Mario Kart or Super Mario Bros. Even the like Tetris, like all that stuff. Plus there's new games, right? Since we were kids, there's new games that come out. Um, my daughter's heavy into um, Minecraft. Right. That's another one. So you can play all those games on them on those devices. I'm going to get one just because I also want to play Mario Kart. Wait a second. You as an adult are going to go out and buy a game console. Yeah. An I mean, adult I'm going to share woman. it. I'm going to share it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to play it. Absolutely. Good for you. I think that's awesome. Video games are such a good release. They're fun. You can just immerse yourself in that for a couple of days in some cases but intended for a couple of hours yeah, and just to be. forget what's on your mind and just get your head clear and have a good time so I'm, I guess I'm not really surprised that just seems like a lot I'm just wondering who now at the end of 2022 or the halfway point anyway decided I'm getting a DS or sorry I'm getting a switch, switch. yeah but you're one of them so I'm hey one of them. makes s- perfect s- sense switch light or switch light which is the like not the whole console thing Anyway, if you have any thoughts on this, feel free to DM me because I'm in the middle of trying to look that up. But they like, never go on sale. They never go on sale. Why is it you like Mario Kart so much? Do I you grew up just, on it. Uh, I grew up on it. So it's That's not all. like you're living vicariously through Mario and Princess Peach or anything no, like that. No, I just grew up on it. I, I grew up on, I mean, Nintendo games in general, I suppose. I played all of them growing up. Even the Ninja Turtles game back in the day in the original Nintendo system. I used to go over to my Nana's and crush those games. All of them. And then Super Mario Brothers, obviously. And then once Mario Kart came out, I had the N64. The N64 was probably the best machine, my opinion, at the time, too, with the games that went along with it. 007, played that shit. The utility was always my favorite spot. I could go on for hours, but I'll stop because I'm boring a lot of people right now. <laughs> Last thing. the uh, And this is amazing. One of the criteria for going to jail is that you have to stay there. But occasionally... People break out of jail mm-hmm. and they've made some epic movies over the years about jailbreaks and things yeah, like that. I love those kind of movies. There's also a lot of stories creeping into the news lately about people who don't necessarily want to get out of jail. They want to get other things into jail. They'll try and smuggle in the drugs or the weapons sure, or whatever. Yeah. Well, that's where this story begins. And this is some creative shit. It was a jail in Wichita, Kansas. Officials weren't exactly sure how they did it, but have now figured it out thanks to a confession by the inmate who was smuggling contraband in using hemorrhoid cream. Huh? That's right. The butt stuff that makes those bumps go away. Hemorrhoid cream. 
So this prisoner who was smuggling stuff in agreed to tell the guards how he did it if they agreed to move him to a different prison. Oh. That's got to be tough, right? Oh, yeah, because once you snitch... You're going to end up in a ditch. That's why they also concealed his name. You got to get out of here. Okay, okay, so I'm intrigued. Hemorrhoid cream. That's a weird deal, though, for the prison guards to make, because I'm sure they're thinking, oh, yeah, you're screwed. You're going to be in here for an extra 10 years because you were smuggling drugs and stuff into the jail. But we really want to know how you they did it. To, but they need to to prevent it from happening in the, again. Then they know what to, to what to look for. Well, this guy must have some sort of a chemistry background because he figured out that if you smear the window with hemorrhoid cream and then get it hot. I mean, you have to hold a lighter up to it with the hemorrhoid cream on there. It softens it up enough that you can get something through the window. So in this case, the guy ripped the plumbing out of the sink underneath uh, the underneath plumbing in his cell. So he's got a pipe now. Once he got a hole that the pipe could fit through in the window, again, using hemorrhoid cream and a lighter, he tied a like a rope sort of thing out of his bed sheets and stuffed it through the tube. The person at the other end who had the drugs, which needed to get into the jail, would then tie the drugs to this bed sheet. He'd pull it back up through the tube. Nobody was any the wiser. And how did they not know? Was there no exterior security? It just looked like a pipe coming out of the wall. Nobody thought twice yeah, about but it. There's a person on the other end putting the drugs on this thing. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know how the they didn't see the, that fucking guy. Like, <laughs> nobody noticed as some form of a creeper just lingering around the outside of a jail. Like you'd think that that would be a red flag, too. He says once it was soft enough, he used the drain pipe from the sink to punch a hole through the window. He made a rope out of the torn fabric, pushed it through the hole. Someone else outside. Uh, tied a sock filled with the contraband, and this guy just pulled it back up. Mm. The biggest revelation was that a 22-year-old prison guard caught them in the act and decided to look the other way. Now that, or didn't understand what was going on. Either way, he didn't investigate. Now he could go to jail, ironically, and end up on the inside just for not saying anything about this operation this guy performed. And what's remarkable is it's all thanks to hemorrhoid cream. Interesting. That's some strong shit then. Apparently, if if you smear the hemorrhoid cream on the window and you get it hot enough, you can punch a pipe through it without damaging the rest of the window. It looked totally normal from the outside. But yeah, you're right. Somebody probably should have noticed the asshole tying drugs to the sheets on the bottom. (laughs) And didn't they notice like the sink wasn't working in that place for so long because they had no pipe? Like there's too many questions. I feel like no wonder he wanted to switch prisons because I guarantee you this is also partially an inside job. But where there's a will, there's a way. If you really, really want, I don't know, heroin in jail you're probably going to find a way to get heroin in jail. There's people who know yeah. how the system works. Oh, yeah. And there is probably people on the inside that are on the take Absolutely. or whatever. You just need to watch like Orange is the New Black or Prison Break or any of the countless amounts of prison type shows and movies to figure out that shit like that actually does happen. It actually does happen. But doesn't this kind of mirror the plot of the Shawshank Redemption? Yeah, it's the second. This is this is Shawshank Redemption Part 2. Hemorrhoid. <laughs> 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 but it was the same thing with him. They wanted to know, how'd you do it? Right. And and he gave up the information and got a great life in prison because of it. And it also took a lot of creativity and, and patience. Maybe it, took, maybe it took Shawshank Redemption guy a lot longer to dig that hole. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Shawshank Redemption, best movie ever made. 
But, uh, okay, uh, crafty. Can you give him points for craftiness? I'm giving him points for a lot of things. Uh, yeah. Was there no one in the infirmary that thought it was weird that he was going through that much hemorrhoid cream and thought, maybe we should get him in for an exam because this doesn't seem right? Well, that's where the inside job comes into play. I guarantee you there was ways to get that stuff. Because there's shit that they care about more. Drugs. Paraphernalia for drugs. Weapons. Weapons. Yep. And then there's like the lower tier. Like, why are you stocking up on you know toothpaste? Why do you have so much Kleenex? And nobody really asks too many questions because it's just Kleenex or hemorrhoid cream in this case. So maybe that's it. It's fascinating, isn't it? I love stories like that. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of After 9. Tomorrow, Dave Blizzard joins us. We'll kick off your weekend with lots of fun. Oh, yeah. In the meantime, uh, you can reach us at Scott Fox on Air or at Cat on Air on Instagram. Just slide into the DMs and we will catch you right back here tomorrow. Bye. FEMA just warned that if the software for the National Alert System isn't updated, it can be hacked to send out fake emergency alerts. Even worse, FEMA heard it was like, oh no, that message didn't come from us. According to the latest numbers, after Taco Bell brought back the Mexican pizza to its menu in May, demand was seven times higher than when the item was previously available. Also seven times higher, the people ordering them. Tinder just announced that their CEO is stepping down. Yep, she's been there less than a year, but ironically, it's still the longest ever relationship on Tinder. (laughs) Yep, since it's Tinder, I'm surprised it wasn't announced and then the CEO didn't just ghost the company. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.